Hello everybody! Hello masters of your own destiny! What's going on? Welcome back to my basement. I'm Francisco Suarez, your host, and this is from Suarez Basement, a podcast that we put together especially for you and also for you, for everybody out there who is interested in the communication, media, and the art field. This is a place for you to be educated, to be informed, and to learn from the experts in those fields. Our goal, like I always say, is to create bridges between you, the audience, and those experts. The people that is working behind the camera of your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, plays, uh, Broadway shows, concerts, you name it, we have it here in the basement. Uh, what a treat today. Oh my goodness. We have with us, waiting to connect, the nominee for Best Editing 2021 Academy Award, Mikel E.G. Nilsson. Yes, he is nominated for the movie Sound of Metal, which I 100% recommend and you can watch it now in Amazon Prime. We're going to be talking to him. And like I always do, I have a co-host and this opportunity, I invite one of my favorite students. All my students are my favorite, but Damon Park is going to be with us today. He's an awesome individual. So I cannot wait to see what the future impairs with him. I mean, he loves editing, he loves movies. So I think we are in great company to have this conversation with Miguel. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Let's start this new episode from Suarez Basement right away. Here we go. Hit it. Michael, congratulations in the Oscar nominee, in the Academy nominee for Sound of Metal. Do this nomination took you by surprise? Absolutely. I had no idea that that would even be a possibility. So uh, very, very grateful. And I, I hear also you got, uh, last night was the, the British award, right? That you guys won, actually. We did. The BAFTA. Yes. The we BAFTA. won uh, for, for editing and also for sound which uh, for me is uh, crucial because I work so closely with the sound designer, Nicholas, and he said the same. He was the first to call me, and uh, we were just so happy together so that we, we got that thing and we shared with uh, Darius, the director, who is just like next-level director. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Yeah. You deserve it. Thank you very it. much. Has there been any instances where you're going through an edit and you're feeling as if there should have been a slight change. Have you gone to like a director per se to request a change or have you just gone with everything that you've been given? So, uh, certain things for certain needs. Um, uh, of course I have. Um, but for a film like this, no, not at all. Because it's not so much, I mean, you can do so much with the material given to you and everything was there. But for this film in particular, uh, I asked the director to give me the material. He has spent 12 years trying to raise this baby. He wrote 1,600 pages. He wrote Lou's story, full story. He wrote Joe's full story, Ruben's full story. He knows everything about each and every character in this movie. He knows everything about Cochleus. He knows everything about going deaf. He knows everything about the deaf community. He put so much um, interest and heart into this whole project that he spent 12 years before he actually gets to shoot it. Um, 
when I was approached, they were already filming. And I had to ask him to, I said, I need this material by myself and I need to do a first pass by myself. I don't want to discuss the scenes too much or at all, actually. And I did a three hours and 45 minute version of the whole film and then invited Darius in so we could see that. That would be like, this is what we have. Let's start play around. Then I would do, that's the first part. Then of course we would talk and, and I would make a lot of mistakes. But those are only mistakes in the sense how they were thought to be. But maybe a mistake is not a, mis a mistake in the, the edit process because it might be a key to something really unique or something interesting. Um, and those things would never happen unless someone allows you to sit and work with it yourself. And I had to somehow get leveled with Darius on this whole thing, because 12 years of uh, going into this, I mean, that, that's pretty uneven. Uh, we needed to, the status uh, of us working together needed to be just a little bit more um, like this. Um, so, so, so I asked for that whole material. Then we started on uh, after the first pass. I would also go through the whole film as a silent movie. And the reason to do that is because I, I worked with the film as a silent movie just to understand information, just to understand what do we actually need to know, what is crucial and necessarily for this story to work. If I don't know this, 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 and this, then I don't have a story. And it's not that much, actually, suddenly you realize, or you realize you have to know this, you have to know this, you have to know this. I, I, Mike, I have a question for, well, I mean, you have so much experience in the editing uh, process. How you approach editing is the sense of, you know, I say to my students sometimes like, um, you know, if you're, if you are editing a project that is too long, just take some breaks, come back, uh, watch it again, because editing can become very repetitive after you sit down and, and watch a scene over and over. How you approach that uh, moments where you feel that you start getting disconnected from the process? I try to, I never get bored or tired of watching things, but it's also about training your eye to see uh, different things in the different um, uh, stages. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, if you as an editor want to challenge a director in, in the storytelling, then pick your, pick your fights. When do you when do you start talking about the different things, and that's a little bit learning by doing, right? It's also about uh, experience for a lot of things, and it's also about asking or watching other editors work, uh, maybe. Um, but but I have I have for me I have found out that uh, I work the best if I do a first pass alone, very fast. I used maybe in five five weeks I can put a, a film together. But the first three weeks I only use uh, for for selecting and for watching footage to find the balance, to find the rhythm, to find the rhythm of the film. I put everything thing up in sequences. I select, but I don't uh, these. I don't take things away. I just select and organize everything in my timelines for all the scenes. And then after three, two or three weeks, suddenly I feel this is the way. I think this film wants to be told. So I just start, but I, I have marked all my things. So it's in two weeks, I can put an edit like this one I put together maybe in two weeks for three hours, 
and 45 minutes. And, I, and I'm able to show it to Darius. But also what's really interesting then is that you, 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 the first, your first meeting with the material, the reason I watch it and mark it, a mark can be anything. It can be that I don't like it, but it can also be that I like it. It's just there's something in the connection between me and the take or the material, which is why I mark it. And often I go back because you are right. You somehow forget uh, it becomes mechanical. And it's difficult to rewatch everything over and over again and, and say, is this the right thing? When is it right? And when is it too much? And it's all about uh, your stomach feeling. It's all about um, why is it that... So I'll, t I'll start from a different note because when I was at film school, the way we do it in Denmark, I'm Danish and I'm from the Danish film school. And I also teach at the film school. I'm a teacher there. The editorial room space has to be a safe mm. place where everyone feels that the most stupid idea is okay to say loud. Because maybe and often the most stupid idea is the key to something really interesting. That is... Honestly. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. That that's oh that's so important and thank you for saying that because I always say to my students that my classrooms are a safe space and there is no stupid ideas it's at all uh, not I, at all yeah because you we wouldn't know and unless we try it uh, uh, we wouldn't be able to say that this is how it has to work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure one of the, I have this is one of my biggest questions as an editing student myself. Uh, I'm partially colorblind, so uh, you know I, I can't differentiate between certain colors. Um, I know as an editor, there are certain aspects where you have to do color grading. How important is it in terms of when you're working in general? And is that something that can prevent me from becoming successful in the future? I would say absolutely not. Most uh, Most of the best editors in the world are... Uh, like uh, won't know how to spell. Um, um, it, it's not about that. Of, of course it's not. I mean, uh, uh, why not just say that um, you said it yourself. You're an editor. You're not a colorist. If you wanted to become a colorist, maybe there could be a slight issue there. Um, but but And if you're open about it, always be open about uh, if if i am half deaf i would say it out loud i'm half deaf so that's probably why you you find it interesting that uh, everything is out out there in the right and not in the left because i didn't hear it or anything you you should just of course be aware that 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 say it out loud instead of hide it if you have any issues say it out loud cuz cuz of course it's not an issue i mean from my perspective, I would say that that it might even benefit you because you would you would um, maybe put something completely strange together, where other people would start thinking, "No, you can't do that because that goes against each other." But you don't. I mean, you could also just put a layer on and say everything is black and white, and I just edit it because it doesn't really matter. Because afterwards, you can just grade anything in the way you want it to be. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's really assuring, actually. One of the things I, I'm fascinated about of the, about the film is definitely, I mean, the sound mixing and the editing. And like you say, I love the concept that 
we travel this adventure and this this journey with the characters. We don't we don't never realize when do you took the conscious decision to say, okay, here's where I'm going to introduce this sound or not. We don't know that. We we go to this journey with with these characters. However, at the end of the movie, uh, which I'm not going to to spoil it, just in case people have not watched it, you can watch it actually in Amazon Prime. And we're going to talk about uh, me uh, stream media and what is your opinion about stream media because that's also thing that is fascinating, right? I mean, this is a movie that has come into us through the easiness of just clicking a button in the living room of my house and I can watch it. Uh, what What is your opinion about stream media? Do you think this is beneficial for the art form uh, or do you still feel like movies should be still a show in theaters? I can say that it's been very beneficial for us with Sound of Metal, that it's on uh, Amazon Prime because it gave us the possibility of showing this film with people alone. And it's actually incredible if you watch it with your headphones on because you get this extremely sonic experience, which you, if you went into a shitty cinema, you probably wouldn't have it. Or if there's someone uh, uh, having a fight or talking, it would uh, do something else. Uh, obviously, I love the cinema. Mm. I love cinema. But it's all about the storytelling. I've also been in the cinema with some of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, then so, uh, cinema is suddenly a, a very um, long, boring process to be in, and I also have to walk home. Um, no, so so I am completely pro uh, streaming services um, for sure. But I love that that they also put uh, uh, content in the cinemas. I mean, that's very important that we have the cinema for you know, sure. Absolutely. Honestly, I think it depends on. The type of movie, right? Like Sound of Metal is a very sound intensive film and yeah, something yeah. you want to take a look at by yourself. But if you're yeah. going to go watch like Avengers Endgame for, or something like that, that's something you want a crowd reaction for, right? So I guess it all depends on the style of reaction you're looking for from a viewer. But I would obviously say to all of you that you should go and see Sound of Metal in the movie theater as well, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's it's a mm -hmm. huge... I just. I just um, showed it for all the students at the Danish film school in the cinema, and it was an amazing experience. Mm. Honestly, it was extraordinary. Mm. Have there, has there been, not has there been, what was your favorite uh, project to work on? Like, what did you have the most fun working on? Mm. It, I mean, that's not really how I work. Uh, for me right now, it's all about the journey. Um, it's all about, I mean, you, you, you can set a goal and, and then at a certain point, uh, someone takes the material away from you. Uh, I can always find new ways to work with the material. So, so it's all about the collaboration for me with the people I work with and, and then trying to find these things in the material and the worst thing that can happen is that you tell me why didn't you try this in the film and I figure out like why didn't I try that mm. so at least it has to be an active choice that films or the films I work on uh, are being told the way they are because it's an active choice 
It's something we know you might struggle with this. You might even hate it. You might love it. But at least it's something, it's a decision we made. You coming to me telling me, what if you had done this and this and this? It would have done this to the movie. And I never thought about it. Then I've not done my job enough. I, I haven't done the, the the right thing because I have to turn each stone and every stone to see what if, ask the question all the time, what if I do it like this? Never get satisfied. I'm never satisfied. I've done a lot of movies and I can't tell you one film where I'm satisfied at all. Mm. I don't even think I've done one single edit, which is the right yet. And hopefully I never will. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. You know, I mean, I haven't worked on a lot of things and compared, compared to you. Um, but with the things that I've worked on, I can, I definitely see what you're saying because I'll submit it it's a project or if I'm just working on a video on the side and I can always find one or two critiques that I can change for the future if I had the opportunity. But also the fact that you as an editor um, afterwards, there's a whole other pro uh, process of, of uh, creating the film. They have to, if it's a feature film or a show or anything, they have to promote the film. So, so maybe from when you finished, it might take a year before the audience actually see it. And within that year, you develop yourself. Or maybe you're on another project which has a lot of issues or a lot of interesting ideas and it's taken you on a completely journey. So suddenly you have to relate to some, you call me and say, that was amazing what you did on Sound of Metal. And I'll be like, yeah, 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 I love it. Uh, thank you so much. But I'm in another process right now, right. working on something where I didn't find that stone yet or how to figure out that simplicity. Um, so of course I would, I would uh, if I look at it with uh, my own uh, critical eyes, I would be like, hmm, why didn't I, what if we did it like this and this and this? You can always continue developing your craft yeah. as you are. And, and, and uh, Nico, you are a professor and of course you are a film editor. Uh, what is in your opinion, let's say three or four characteristics of a good editor? What what are those things that you feel a good editor should have in their pocket? You talk about the famous uh, toolbox. So what are those four things that a good editor should have? I mean, you have to be very curious. Mm -hmm. You have to be very patient. You have to be able to listen. And you need to develop a language. Mm -hmm. I knew how to edit before I entered film school. I knew how I felt with rhythm. With I'm a drummer myself, which is why I connected so well with Ruben. I have a drum kit in my in my edit room. Normally it's here, it's right here next to me now. Um, and I have one in New York as well. I'm right next to your university. So so um, uh, you you need to 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 be able to to be curious with your eyes. And ask the question, what if, what happens if I try this and this and this? And never settle, never say this is enough. Just try and challenge that material over and over and over again, because it only gets better. And it's okay to go down the wrong path. It's okay, because we have to do that. We have to at least say, okay, that's what happens when we go down this road. And that was not the road. So let's find this road and this one, this one. Right? Mm -hmm. Just continue that. Then you have to be able to listen as well. Don't say yes or no. Don't say bad or good or bad all the time. Don't judge the material because it's not for you to judge. 
at, at uh, maybe in the end you say I like this movie or I don't like this movie or I like the challenge or anything but for you to judge it already from the dailies or anything that goes completely against my nature I would always say I find I can always find something interesting in it and the best films for me are not the best uh, they're not perfect at all but there's like like moments that are so interesting told or a completely different way that I learn and it opens my eyes and I like, whoa, I have an idea. I have to go back. I have to try it on this. Be curious. Then continue to develop your craft. Just continue going that extra mile over and over and over again. Nicole, thank you so much. I'm, I'm telling you what an awesome conversation we have. Uh, good luck on the Academy nominee. Uh, I'm sure uh, I can predict it. Uh, I, I'm thinking it right now that you will win. And that uh, actually... Uh, I don't know. Uh, you, well, how, would right. we do, how would you do this one? If you, if you win by my prediction, you just think about me in that moment and say, oh, Francisco told me that we were going to win. It, listen, you have all the tools to win uh, this this nomination. But Francisco, coming from such a small country in Denmark, that's not even a possibility for us. It's like way beyond any, anything we've ever dreamt of. And it means so much to the whole uh, edit society in Scandinavia. My nomination is the first time ever in Scandinavia and in Denmark. And I'm so proud of it and because I shared with all my editing friends who do day out and day in, they work the same way. And we challenge each other and we try to do each other better and better every day. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Mikael. And thank you for being part of our uh, podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.